0: You're listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, Episode 95. Welcome to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast, where growth and spirituality create an enhanced life's journey, balancing life with the wisdom of Egon, Ifa, and Orisha in our everyday lives. I am your host, Yvonne. you ever heard the saying, better late than never? Jeez. This episode is more like better late than nothing. This was a very difficult episode to make. I struggled in what the structure was going to be. I struggled to get it done. There were a lot of emotions in making this video or podcast Um Yeah, I don't think I'm going to make this into a video, but definitely into making this episode. It it was very, very hard as I am currently in the middle of pushing past a lot of stuff, (laughs) stuff, 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 stuff. And I wanted to say before we get started, before we hear anything else, I wanted to give kudos and dedicate this episode to Luther this episode is for you. I am grateful for our conversations. I am grateful for your sentiments behind this conversation, so much so that it pushed me past the funk of just staying silent for a bit, even though I was very internal. But Luther This episode is dedicated to you. And before we get started with all this fun stuff, let's listen to our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Your Spiritual Things. Olubumi Creations has said its last goodbye, and Your Spiritual Things is here for you. Do you love Orisha and spiritual things? Me too. This is why I created a space which is dedicated to creating spiritual things. From original artwork, especially calligraphy and lettering pieces, which you can have on your walls. From the sixteen meggies to sayings about the Orishas. How about having a great saying of your favorite art on a mug or a t-shirt? Because <laughs> why not? There are cards, decals, orisha offering dishes, which are all made per order by hand. And look out for limited offerings. There is something for many of the orishas and spiritual folks. And if you don't see something, reach out and let's see what creative spiritual awesomeness we can create for you. Your Spiritual Things was made because going to a store to get something nice for someone in the traditions is hard and there is too much of the same out there, like the same art over and over. Check us out by going to www.orishawisdom.com forward slash Yvonne and that is I, V as in Victor, O, N as in Nancy. This is Orisha art and spiritual art made by an Orisha worshiper for Orisha worshipers of the world with your spiritual things. You know, I just realized something. I may have to change that altogether because your spiritual things has expanded to different spiritual beliefs. And there is a burst of pagan items there because I think that spirituality is more than one. And what I've learned over the years is that many people follow many different things. Their spirituality is a little more complex. It's like a sandwich. In order to make a sandwich, you need different layers. And some people follow certain paths and all together makes up their own um, spiritual path. So I think I may have to change the wording on that because I'm very, very excited. I do have um, some mugs and things with other spiritual sayings of pagan beliefs. I'm going to delve into the pagan because it is home to me as well. This is how I originally started with paganism and then I came into these traditions. So be on the lookout for that. And what I want to do going forward, honestly, is that I want to have... Because when you're doing social media, it gets complicated and it gets overwhelming. So I think I'm going to dedicate Instagram at Yvonne Reborn to be to show all the artistic things instead of just the religious things. And I want to leave YouTube, uh, at least for this channel, for just the Orisha things. That way things are a little more organized. And that way for Instagram is more of regular life and and um artistic things and ideas and stuff like that. I think that that would be good to make that difference. Okay, okay. We are going to start, and you're probably going to hear a lot of flip-flopping of pages because I have a bunch of notes in front of me. This episode is an ode to fathers. Remember what I said earlier, better late than nothing? I almost did not do it. And it's because there are many conflicts that I have been having with father. And we are going to talk about some of them. And I think that the best way to tackle the issues that I was having is by separating the episodes. This is an ode, O-D-E, to fathers. If you are listening, then you have a biological father. This person, whether you like him or not, is the other piece which gave you life, from which, you know, you are now living. (laughs) From him, you have certain traits, either looks, tastes, tendencies. I have a great picture where one of my children is sleeping in the exact same manner as their father, and it's fun to watch. Many of us have daddy issues. But this episode isn't quite to address those issues. Remember what I said? I'm going to separate things. So today, we are going to address two types of men. A biological father who has always been there for his children. And two, a male who is not a biological parent, however, has assumed the role. So we're going to address these two because... Anyway, because that's what we're going to do. First of all, if you fall into any of those categories that I spoke about, one or two, this ode is for you. These traditions are about holding, I I guess, the tradition, you know, the the aspect of, of something being passed along from one generation to the next, and also about pride, and definitely about offspring. An offspring is very important. However, we tend to be very hard on these one and two people, these men, these fathers. For many years, uh, they are supposed to be the protectors and the providers. For years and years and years, as you know, if you were a man, you had the responsibility of building a home having lands and animals to provide the stability for one or many wives with the hopes of an heir or many heirs to continue the genetic line. We are in 2023. Times have, and of course, as always, will continue to change. There are many great men who, even if they do don't get along with their children's mom, they still do the right thing by them. And of course, they do right by their children. And I'm going to add here, which was not in my notes, but I want to make sure that we follow in the main vein. And then there are those men who are not even the biological parents of those children. And they get together with the mom who already has children, and they still do the job. You guys are amazing in my book. Now I want to discuss a few points and I'm hoping to stick by the notes, but you know, I never do. (laughs) Fathers are not perfect. I'm going to pause here for a second because I know you all are starting to do the lists in your mind, but I'm going to repeat it. Parents And, well, this episode is about fathers, so we're going to focus it on fathers. Fathers are not perfect, and we must always remember that. In in the Bataki of the infamous Yembo rape by child Ogun, so for those of you who are not familiar with it, I'm just going to give you the quick, quick, quick rundown. Obatala was married to Yembo. They had a child named Ogun. Ogun had lust for his biological mother. And Ogun would try to chase her and basically have his way with her. And uh, to make a very long story short, he did have his way with her. And um, Bo of course, he knew everything that was going on. And Obatala got to see it. I got, well, not the act itself, but like, during and after. And when he opens the door, it was Yembo who already, you know, knew that Obatala was outside and she was scared. She was petrified. Now, why did I use this Bataki? Remember what I said? Fathers are not perfect. We all tend to love Obatala. Obatala is this. He's the king of the white cloth. He's so super calm. He's the chillest dude ever. Right? I'm going to give you an example of non-perfection. Of course, he wanted to kill Ogun. But Ogun decided to curse himself. Now we have to deal with the mom. And even though the mom was innocent and Ogun said, it's not her fault. Obatala, what he did was interesting. He cursed her children. And if any male child were to be born from her ever at any point, the child would die. Now you would think, but that's not true. Batala wouldn't do that. And you know, Batala's so kind and he's so sweet and he's so mellow and I love him and he's like always so wise. But you see, when there is certain type of rage, I guess that peace goes out the window and this is a point where even Orisha lost, like we say in Spanish, los cabales. Like lost all common sense. And he knows that she is innocent. He knows that. He knows that, you know, it was Ogun who overpowered her, but there we are. So here I am sharing this with you because we tend to be like, oh, but Arisha this and Arisha that. Okay, well, there's an Arisha one, an example that not even in the spiritual Mm, heavenly father have been always perfect fathers and i don't even want to get into a discussion about the bible on how many times you know god has been destructive as well and there are some decisions that i still question like the whole um is it isaac isaac situation like why would you want to have father to kill his own son anyway but like i said nope oh, Hold on a second. Let me adjust the mic a little bit. There we go. Um, I just wanted to let you know that I think that perfection is almost a myth that we may never see. And even with our heavenly heavenlies, I mean, think about it. Olofi or Lodumare, depending on who tells you the story, almost destroyed us over and over. And mafe de oshun yalode who sacrificed herself to save us more than once. So they lose their tempers. And when people lose their tempers, holy hell. I wanted to say, intentions and actions are important. Many fathers carry such a burden. And when things go wrong, some don't handle it well. But they try their best note that we're not talking about any man who hits his other half or raises his hands or abuses in any way or any type of violence. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the men who have imperfections that are caused by life experiences. To those dads who have over the years done the best that they possibly could with what they had, we must say thank you. Yeah, well, don't worry. I'm going to talk about why this episode was so difficult to make. Generational differences for the ages, oh my God, for the ages, have caused many rifts between dads and kids, right? Um, I (laughs) am... I hope I I hope I didn't write this somewhere, but does anybody, did anybody see Footloose? It was like a generational gap and then there's the whole, you know, but this happened before and we're trying to do the right thing. So there were rifts, they were both right in their own way, but there was a generational and and different, I, I guess, uh, way of, 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 of living life that caused that rift, right? All right. Now back to the notes. I told you, I'm going to try one of these days to just go off the of notes, but that may never happen. After losing my dad in 2021, things have popped up, which brings me to this suggestion to all the kids who have had a great relationship with your dads and those not so much. So I have a couple of suggestions for everybody here. Here's one. Ask probing questions without any judgment. Oh my God, that is such a short phrase and it's so easy to do and I do that all the time. It's not as easy as it sounds. I am suggesting that you ask them why, what, how questions and be prepared to listen and not to judge and actually just be quiet when you get your answer, because you may have a certain issue with your dad. And when you ask certain questions, you may get an answer that doesn't even make sense to you, but understand it making sense to him. Oh, see, and my next in my notes said may sound easy. <laughs> you see, I, one of these days, one of these days. Now here's a bit to you all. When you have resentment with your father for stuff that has happened between the two of you, this will not be easy, okay? From experience, please, to all of you, take the time to listen to him and not to judge him. Just hear him. Don't even say nothing back. I'm serious. Many things could happen if you do this. You might get some answers. That's, I think, and you should see this in my notes. It's like a huge star and it's all like filled in because this is the most important. You might get some answers as to why this, why that. Sometimes there are some people that they don't care about the why. They only care of what was done. There are some people that once you get a why... The what is not as relevant because now you know what drove the person to do whatever it was. Another point is when you ask these probing questions and you listen, you might grow some understanding of him, which is tied to the last one. Another point, empathy might occur. Remember, this is geared towards the ones that you don't see eye to eye, but even if you do, this will still work. And we're not talking sympathy, we're talking empathy. You might also get, quote-unquote, emotions. Now, it might be anger, sadness, regret, love, guilt, who knows? Emotions are, it's like a whole spectrum full. And the last point that I would like to make, you might bond. OMG, bonding, woohoo! Or, uh, it depends on your relationship with your dad, There are those dads who nothing that you do pleases them. Understand that this is not exactly for this episode, but there are some dads that you could be what you think he wants you to be, and it's not good enough. There are dads who put a lot of pressure on their children, um, just, Think of all the therapy you've taken <laughs> if this is you. But there are some dads that do that. Here are the probing questions and, and when they come in, you might be able to find out the why. The I, I have this as, um, hold on a second. Let me just make a little bit of room because I'm about to lean my notebook in another way. Anyway, One common reason is that many dads just want to push their children so that they do better than them. I I will say this. Just, oh boy, the way that they do this sometimes is not the best, but they want so much for you to be your very best that when you start understanding this, hmm, helps you to deal with that a little better. Because you know that they're not doing it to be a jerk, but because they want you to be well. Okay? Another point, remember to thank your dad and show him love. L-U-V. Love. You know what? They do need it even if they complain about it. I, I remember, like, you've you've seen, this is portrayed a lot on TV, especially American TV, that the kids will hug the dad, like, and the moment that the child moves away, they kind of, you could see that they melt a little. Many dads are like this. They really are. And if you catch something like this, like, um, when you're about out, you know, doing whatever, just... Try to look at that. Some parents now, I'm I'm very, very happy to see that there's more of an explosion of very affectionate and publicly affectionate dads. Kudos to you on this. But some of you, oh my God, it's like a kid hugs you and you're like, nah, just, you know, whatever. But the moment that that child leaves, you could see the, oh, and they turn all into mush. I love it. <laughs> and they do complain about it too, which is so funny. And some dads are very grumpy, but they all love it. It's really bizarre. I don't know, but whatever. Maybe it's, like I said, maybe it's a generational thing. And even if it's undercover, they love it. What? I want you to remember this question because we're going to tap on this again later. What if you love your dad? but you both don't see eye to eye, okay? We are going to tackle this a little bit better, but I am going to tell you this. Here's a piece of advice. Don't give up. Sometimes the differences are from a mix of a misunderstanding and life experiences, okay? Now we're going to switch gears a little bit. To the dads who are trying their best to raise great kids, we thank you. We do. And I know that many of us children tend to be pretty ungrateful, but I want you to know as a community, as a whole, we are grateful to you. I know that there are many Oduns which advise men to do better as fathers and husbands to their mates. But there are a lot that also talk about fatherhood. Many of the Orishas are known to give advice and iray on fatherhood. To those of you who are actively trying their best, know that you also have the blessings of many male Orishas, especially to those of you who are crowned. I'm not talking that those of you who are crowned are going to have more blessings than the non-crowned. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that when you are a great father, and you don't even have to be great, but you may always be working towards being the best one you could be, Orisha blesses you. has nothing to do with initiation. But I did say the caveat of... If you are crowned, and I mean really crowned, like you've gone through the process and it is legitimately on your head, then the weight of Orisha on your actions is a little bit heavier than everybody else. But again, when it comes to fatherhood, you don't have to be initiated to be a dad, right? So the weight is still quite heavy. I just think that for priests, it might be slightly higher because when it comes to priests, um, now you're going into the realm of not only fathers of biological children, but then you're also dealing to be a father of godchildren or people in the religion that you are guiding through because you know the traditional realm doesn't see it as godchildren, although they're starting to shift. But... You have now another role when it comes to fatherhood, which is why I think that the weight of Orisha's, I don't know, let me call it, I'm I'm trying to figure out, Orisha's judgment is a little bit heavier for priests. All right, let me go. I'm going through the notes because, again, I deviated off the notes. You know what? We should do an episode of how many times have I deviated from my notes in any one episode. That would be hysterical. Maybe that should be caught on video because you should see my face. Anyway, dads, what you don't realize is that when you are working to be a good dad, the female Orishas tend to favor you as well. If you're a good dad, Dad, the mother entities also back you up. Aha. Imagine that. Y'all are all making the spiritual dads happy and thrilled. And they're like, yeah, whoop, whoop, go you dad. Because you're making us, you know, proud. And then the mother entities are like, but he's taking care of the babies too. We're going to bless them too. Call it... Spiritual whipped cream, sprinkles, and cherries on top. And if you don't like cherries, I don't know, put whatever fruit you like in there. Dang it. That, in other words, is another way for the universe to bless you, to love on you, to give you sprinkles and showers of good fortune, Ray, and blessings. And, oh my God, I actually did write this down. Because this is how my brain works. Yeah, all I'm sure are on social media. You know, all those funny memes and like those real videos of why men die um, younger than what they're supposed to. And it's men that are doing repair shops and perilous positions, or they climb something that you can see it's dangerous, but they do that. And I was wondering, as soon as I was writing this episode, I said, oh my God, can you imagine if they're, you know, on a ladder to repair whatever the heck, you know, like for the family, you know, to repair the roof, to to build something, and they want to make your family happy, and they're doing this because, I don't know, I don't know if it's just male brain or something but why would you do that and the spiritual beings on like you know what we're gonna hold you up you're being a good dad you're being a good man you're trying to do your best we're gonna keep you from dying through what you know somebody else with you know common sense of not putting your ladder in that situation would put you (laughs) in 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 other words, for you not to die, we're going to bless you because you have been awesome to your children. We don't know. But that is the one thing that came to mind. We don't know the extent of all of the blessings that have come from the spiritual realm to dads because they're doing the best possible thing and, you know, to give them long life, (laughs) Hey, they had a go. Cool, oh my God. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I would, I would, I really do believe that. I believe that dads ha- also have a special blessing when they do these things as a thank you from the universe. So we thank you and the universe thanks you. Question for you What if your father has passed? What if you do not know your father, right? What if you're adopted or, you know, something happened that you don't know your dad? If you don't know, let's say that you're adopted, um, your father, your biological father, remember him by lighting a candle and a cup of water. And it doesn't have to be a huge candle, please. It's just a penny candle or, um, or um, those little, little candles, Oh, my God, the tea lights. That's what it is. The tea lights, it's something. And you say, you know, to my biological father, who are wherever it is that you are, this is to your spirit. Thank you for giving me life. I give you light. No, this is not to be put onto the bobida, but this is a good practice to have, to honor the person who gave you life. I honestly would put this on a separate spot. I would not put this on the boveda. And if you are in the Lukumi realm, actually this is for anybody because anybody can attend misas. He may show up. He may already be there helping you out and you don't even know because you never got to meet him. And the more that you attend these spiritual masses, he might show up or another relative of the family because they that essence dies with the human understanding okay here's another tidbit if you know a legitimate egungun priest you can go there i only know a handful of legitimate and i mean legitimate fully vetted Egungung priests, and I have fingers left over from just one hand. It you can go there to try to find out more. But I will say for the rest of us who don't want to go that route, it is safer to attend misas, the masses, the white mass, or white table, mesa blanca is also known, or spiritual mass. If well, it is safer. If it is meant for you to hear or see your dad, it will happen. If there is a message from your dad or his family, it will happen. And that is a safer place to go, I think, because the challenge that I'm having with the Agungun route is the legitimacy. And I am no longer going to say that I'm well-versed in it because um, of my present situation. so, But I do know that there are legitimate priests, and maybe one of these days I'm going to have one on the podcast to explain some of the spiritual situations. And now that I'm thinking about it, I might have somebody in mind if he is able to come on. I'm, I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about it. Or you guys can leave me comments and let me know if th- that is a podcast episode you would be interested in, because i literally just thought of it shoot i should write that down let me see i'm literally writing it down before before i forget so interview with an Gong priest okay i'm deadly when it comes to notebooks and pens all right everybody Another suggestion that I have, and this is something everyone can do, is to go to your bobeda and or ancestral area and you talk to them about your feelings about your biological father. There are many situations where where there are children who are looking for their biological fathers and they do not know who they are and there's a lot of mystery and secrets revolving the 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 how this child came to be meaning you so i think that also going to your baba that is already established and say listen i'm having some issues and i I don't know who my father is. Everybody's keeping it a secret. My aunts, my titties, my whoever. Nobody wants to tell me nothing. And it's creating a void in my heart. Can you help me with it? It may be that it is in your destiny never to find out for whatever reason. I don't know what reason it is, but there might be a very good reason to the why not. Another reason is that... When you do make this request, your ancestors may rally around you in another way. A lot of us deal with losses all the time. And sometimes it's not in the cards for you to know. Sometimes um, mothers keep certain secrets from their children to protect them. And there is a particular incident that I know of where people have this person got raped. She was raped. And she never spoke of who the father was to the child, to anybody. But the man that got with her later knew the secret, but nothing else was revealed. Understand that this is a sacrifice the mom had to live with. So, Sometimes we, like I said, remember the thing of asking probing questions, you have to ask probing questions so that you can understand and have a little empathy. That doesn't mean you're going to understand fully, but at least you'll begin to have some understanding. Okay. And you talk about your feelings, you talk about your concerns, if you're empty, if you're angry, whatever it is, you go there and you talk. When you do this talking, I suggest a penny candle or a small little candle. It doesn't have to be a seven-day candle, really. It doesn't. And you talk. This, you know, is to give light to my ancestors and just so that I could talk to you about blah, blah, blah. And there you go. You start. Make sure it's quiet. It doesn't have to be doing the whole collection of prayers. It's just you talking. I highly suggest that when you talk in your shrinal space, especially if you're Boveda and for your ancestors, things happen. Things really begin to happen. And they don't happen right away either, but they do happen. So I, I suggest this for everybody, especially those of you who have a Boveda, go there. And when you go to the Boveda, what I would add is for your spiritual court, you tell your spiritual court, hey, this is for my guardian angel and for my spiritual court. Can you please work with my ancestors of blood, the sangre, right? Of blood. I'm going through this. Can you help me to understand? Or can you help me to get over? Or can you, can you please help to coordinate that? Like make the introduction, make the talk. I don't know what it is that they do over there. I still think that the Egon world is like a whole Coco thing. Y'all saw the Disney Coco movie? You know, okay, with Miguel, I'm just saying, I think that is that. I think that the other world is like that. It's it's something that is beyond our understanding, our human comprehension in this plane. It might be very scary. It might be emotional. You might think that it's retarded, or it might be a rewarding journey. Okay. What if you knew your dad and he passed on? All right. Here's a here's a couple of things. Follow the advice of your good and reputable espiritistas, and I seem to put "reputable" everywhere because not every espiritista is the same. Not any priest is the same. As you know, this has become Orisha Wisdom's basically, you know, advocacy center to try to find a safe place by vetting good priests. And when it comes to reputable espiritistas, I suggest that you are there when they are doing their thing. When they are doing their thing, have they given you real evidencias, real evidence? We're talking about crap that you've never spoken about. They're talking about stuff that you did when you were five and nobody ever knew because you've forgotten all about it and they bring it up. They talk about family members that are not even around but that you remember. It's really bizarre, but not every Espiritista is the same. And I ask people to not only ask for referrals, because as you know, referrals is not always the best way to go either anymore because of stuff. But definitely attend their events, like their misas, get readings and see. And something inside of you is going to give you a type of reaction of, oh, this person, dang, I can't I did that in private, nobody knew, like nobody knew that I had that conversation with my father, for example, and how did they know that? You know, stuff like that. You will start understanding more of what a reputable espiritista is, and when you find one, ask them, him or her, what is it that you should do for your dad after his passing? Some people put a candle for X amount of days. Some people don't. Some people have to do a Misa at a certain time later. You have to go to that because there's different ways of handling the spiritual matter of when your dad passes on. What I will suggest everyone to do if you do not have a speedy dista or if you do, when your father passes on, just light a candle. I would suggest something like a seven-day candle for this and a glass of water. This is for the spirit of my father. May he go to where he needs to go. I would do on a safe bet. I would do seven days or nine days. So another option is you can do a seven day candle, which as you know, by going to the, you know, Dollar Tree, it really lasts three. So you're going to need a few, or you could light uh, seven penny candles, one on each day. Try to do it at the same time. Witching hour is good. We're talking 12, 3, 6, 9. So any one of those would be great at the same time, every day for seven days or nine, I would go for nine and just pray our father, blah, 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 whatever, or just talk. This is for the spirit of my father who has passed on. May he go to where he needs to go. I do not want it to, to disturb his journey. I just want him to, to go where he needs to go spiritually in the land of the ancestors. You know what I mean. So, it may also be a time for you to grieve because you're you're grieving at that time as well. But you're praying. the The main objective, I think, would be to for your dad's spirit to go to where it needs to go, where he needs to go. And after this is done, so it it varies from priest to priest of when to put him where. But I'm going to tell you, this is very, very funny. Talk, pray, talk to him. And this is after after he has passed, like well after. And feed him. There's some people who are going to laugh when I say this. Feed him. Feed him the kind of foods that he used to eat when he was alive. Anyway, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> feed him. And feed him more than once because they tend to complain. Remember when I asked the question of what if you and your dad don't see eye to eye. Remember that? Don't give up hope. I wrote that with a huge exclamation sign. I struggled with this episode because of not only what is going on in my personal life right now when it comes to father, but since this episode is an ode to fathers, I had to really dig and be honest with my situation as well as situations of people who have been around me. I'm going to tell you this. Big note, like I put, note, when Egons die, when people die, there is a huge possibility that said dead person may be able to see things a bit differently. It doesn't happen with all eggons. So if you're a jerk who likes to say the word shit, every other word, this eggon when passes on may do that. If this eggon doesn't like cats, this in life, then this eggon may hate cats in death or not. So there is that 50-50 possibility. So when you understand this, there is a chance. This is why I'm saying there you have to go to do your spiritual things and you talk to your dad. And you say, Dad, this is what I'm doing, this is how I'm feeling. And I miss you. Um, I wish you wasn't such a jerk and whatever it is you need to say, you say it. Your dad might see your world differently. He might see your point of view. He might understand you better after death. And boy, it can be very rewarding should that happen. And it happens more often than not. So this is why I am really, 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 this is not just a suggestion. This is a strong suggestion for you to keep that hope alive because this may change you by giving you inside healing as well well as spiritual healing, which is going to then make your present a lot more enjoyable, a lot more bearable, just a lot more sparklier. Is that a word? It is a word, sparklier. But you try saying that like five times because I'm not going to try. In true Orisha Wisdom podcast. Fashion, this is an ode to my father. My father and I, we had an interesting relationship while he was alive. I was the apple of his eye when I was a little girl. Things began to change when I was very, very young, and we did mend things to a point that I was okay with it. It wasn't perfect, but I was okay with it. So we, in time, we were able to mend those fences. And just to give you an idea, I started to have a really, 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 really rough relationship with my father around the age of 12-ish, definitely my teenage years. Um, we weren't able to fix things until about 2019, I think it was. 2019 or 2020, around that time, I'll say those two years. And I want to say this. I'm going to give him an ode. And I hope that each of you think about this for your dads. So to my dad, I thank you for teaching me to learn. Let me tell you about my father. My father had a really odd pastime. You know how a lot of y'all love to, you know, watch TV and sports and I don't know, camping, fishing, hunting, whatever it is, right? Oh no, my father liked doing math. Weirdo. He, we had a pizarron, we had a chalkboard and my father would get a hold where he got these, I have no idea, of these very complex algebra things and he would write the problem. I remember this from Venezuela. This was weird. We had a great, great big green pizarrón and it was basically, I don't know, more than six feet, about six feet. So a regular six footer one, like for a classroom, I'm sure somebody gave it to him and it would take him either days or weeks to figure this math problem out. That was his pastime, weirdo, but I'm so grateful. My father, I wrote down English. My father when he came here to this day, when he, you know, present day where he died, he couldn't really speak it very well, but he could read it and write it. I remember he bought this course called Pleased to Meet You. It was cassettes with like books. He did that course over and over. And I think it was a bunch of cassettes. I don't remember, but it was one of those, remember those plasticky things and it would have like tapes and you could pop out the tapes. It was like a lot of those tapes. I don't even remember how many there were, but it was a lot. And my father studied. He would work here very, very hard and he would study and he would take a break and he would watch some news and then he would go back to his studies. My father was an excellent public speaker. My father studied at the seminary school here to become a Seventh-day Adventist pastor. And he wanted to, to give the best picture of being a Christian follower of God to whoever he spoke to. And he did this by being a public speaker because, of course, you have to do sermons and blah, blah, blah. So you know that. And he taught me that. I remember my father would sit there with his notes over and over and over to practice, practice, practice. And my mom would just listen. Oh, that was very good, honey. And blah, 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 blah. Oh, I would change that. He goes, well, should I put a question here? Should I? Like he was very, very involved in how you were going to receive the message of God. So I'm very grateful to have seen this. My father was an excellent salesperson. And I wrote this down because my da- <laughs> oh God! For all of you who live in the United States, and this is not to knock any Christian anything, but you know Jehovah's Witnesses—they're crazy when they come to your door, and they're going to try to recruit you and sell you stuff. So you know that the minute they say, "I am your you know friend from your local Jehovah's Witness," you're like, "Oh gosh!" and you're ready to close that door. Well, imagine this. My father sold Seventh-day Adventist books door-to-door and to businesses. You will have a much better chance of selling a TV, a vacuum cleaner, a radio versus a Bible or a book about Jesus. You just, you're just you just going to have a tough time. But my father was very good. He was so passionate that... He sold those books over and over to the point that he also taught my mom how to do that. And then they worked as a team. And it was just amazing to watch because my father had his regular J-O-B, but then he sold books on the side. This was back home. And I was very hard to do. Shoot, selling books is hard anywhere. But imagine going door to door. I mean, I don't know. I'm tell- and, they, oh, and there were cars at that point. Of course, he had a car. But they would park one place and they would walk and they would walk, 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 walk to sell. And shoot, that was hard. So kudos to you, dad, for doing that. I wrote, thank you for being brave. For many years, I called my father to his face a coward. I know you're like, oh my God, Ivan, why'd you do that? Because. I felt he was a coward. I felt that he didn't fight. I felt that he allowed people to do things to him, especially here in this country. I felt that he was not a man to, to, like, how could you let him do that to you or let her do that to you? And it took many, many, many years for me to say that that act was not of being a coward. Coming to the United States, for all of you who are immigrants, oh my God, huge, 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 huge kudos to you because it's not easy when you're coming to a new country. You have a change of culture. You have to deal with a new language. You have to deal with fear. And I've spoken in depth about this amongst other circles on how I was taught I was taught never to look at anybody in the face. If you're going to pay for something at the bodega, just put the money and just say thank you and just walk away because they might know that you don't have a real social security at that time. Don't worry. Everybody is all, we're all, we're all citizens now. So don't come looking for my social security card. I really do have one. And, um, but coming here during that process is scary. And depending on who you talk to, they're going to infuse you with fear We lived in fear and his rules were to protect us to stay under the radar enough so that we can go through the legal process without having a legal stain. And now I say that took a lot more courage than cursing someone out, which is what I probably would have done. Like you, F you, blah, 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 punch you in your face, right? You can't do that because then there's something called police and there's something called records and there's something called, oh, sorry, we can't give you a residency because of that. And my father took a lot of crap from people in order for us to survive. My father worked for this one particular man. I'm not going to mention his name, but I, to this day, I hate him. Sorry. I just haven't evolved that much. Hate him. And, oh, and he's dead anyway. I still hate him. He abused my father. He would fire him just to fire him. And then he would rehire him like three days later or a week or two later. And he would do this around holidays. And... He didn't pay him any type of normal wages, obviously, because he didn't have a Social Security and, and, you know, he could do that. My father worked, you know, a good more than 50 hours a week and he he would come home with like $250 at the end of the week. And with that, I remember my dad would give all the money to my mom. I think he would keep like $10 or $20 sometimes if he wanted to do, but he always gave her his entire check and... He's like, let's try to make our ends meet. And I thought that that was, but this took, like I said, years for me to realize that my words must have hurt my father so much. And as I'm telling, oh crap, as I'm telling you this, like my eyes are watering because I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be a happy episode, but I know I hurt him. I know I hurt my father. I used to call him cobarde, That's the Spanish word for for coward. And now I see that what he did was way more braver than holding a gun or fighting back because he kept his family safe. And yeah, I need, I need a drink of water. <laughs> oh God. All right. Moving on to an ode to my father. I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna I'm gonna say thank you, Dad, for doing the right thing even when others were cheating. There I'm trying not to use a certain thing because it was pretty, pretty bad, but somebody suggested for my parents to do something that was definitely illegal in order for me and my sister to have medical care. And I remember both of them said, absolutely not. We are here as guests in this country. We are not going to steal from them. We're going to earn it. We're going to get it. Let's just pray that God will keep us all healthy and God will be our insurance. And I hated him for it. Do you know that? My mom too, but mostly him. I hated them both. Like, why? Let's just do it. I could have, you know, glasses and braces and blah, 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 blah. And he goes, no, we're good Christians and we're good citizens. We don't do that. We don't steal from the country that we are trying to to be part of. And now looking back, I'm like, damn, dad, that was freaking awesome. And that was very brave as well. And that had... One of the highest moral compasses that now I can say, because many people, they take advantage of the government. They take advantage of other people. They take advantage of businesses. They take advantage of clients. They take advantage of family. And he was one, nope, we are going to do things right. We're going to stand on our own two feet. We are going to do the right thing. Even if it takes us as long as it's going to take us. Oh, let me tell you. I didn't like that. I was a kid. I'm like, let me get my stuff. I don't want to do the right thing. But he was like, nope, nope, nope. We're going to do that. And I'm grateful to, for him to do that. And um, I wasn't grateful back then. But I'm grateful now. I wrote Philosophy. I'm thankful to my father for philosophy. My father did not have the standard education that we all did. He caught up later in life. But when he was young, it's not like he got, you know, education and thought process from school because back then children worked. And the only thing you needed to know is how to sign your name and maybe how to do math because you needed it, but you didn't need anything else, especially if you were from the campo, from the country. And my father did study, but my father was one very big on philosophy. How you think is important. Why you think that way is important. How can your thinking affect another person's thinking and I'm grateful because to this day I'm able to have philosophical conversations and it's so bad because I did not have many of these I did have some when I was an older person and I think a few while I was a teenager but very very few we were very not connected but I'm grateful because that is something that to this day really created a lot of threads in the fiber that is me, Yvonne, at this day. Another thing that I write, an ode to my father, is thank you for the Venezuelan pride. Oh boy, my father is probably, I don't know if he's cringing or smiling right now, boy, but I am Venezuelan born, and coming to this country was very difficult because we were on the bottom of the pile And I speak about this often um, in the right circles, of course. He never let go of being Venezuelan, ever. He, I don't know. I I think this is every country, they think they're better than everybody else. He thought he was the best thing ever because he was Venezuelan. And me, I'm like, well, we're a bunch of crap we don't have anything, we're broke, we're poor, Um, you know, you talk about these people and that people, they're well better off than we are, like, what the hell are you talking about? But he held on to culture, to music, to, he would tell us things, um, coming to another country, you now have to assimilate and Halloween is not a thing Venezuela had. I don't know if it has it now, but we had other things and ours was in February. So when February came around, he's like, Oh, you know, the carnaval is, you know, when the Diablos de Jare come up and blah, 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 blah. And he would tell us about these things. He always made sure to tell us Venezuelan tidbits, to tell me Venezuelan historical stories, uh, who people were. This is why, you know, the pride of Andres Bello and Simon Bolivar and a whole bunch of other people came around. And even stories about local spirituality, like he always told me the story that Maria Leonza, um I think they moved her statue from what I know, but it used to be in a certain place in Caracas. And Caracas is the capital and the drunken men. He would tell me the stories, like especially the ones who've been at the bar on the weekend. They <laughs> they felt so bad because Maria Leonza was naked with her bare breasts in the it's by the way it's 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 a it's a statue okay it's not a real woman it, it, the statue of Maria Leonza was bare breasted that the drunken men would always go to buy a bra to cover her because you know she's holy to the land and it was very funny it was stories like that that even to this day helped for me to connect with my Venezuelan ness and another thing is as I was steering away from the pride of being Venezuelan it's that I assimilated way more especially being married to a Puerto Rican man to the point that you do not even hear a Venezuelan accent it takes a long time for me to get the sing-song thing out because I turned more Puerto Rican because I didn't feel proud enough and I wasn't made to feel that Venezuela was anything to be proud to be but you know what dad thank you for never letting go of that because today, I guess I'm a Venezuelan American because it is what it is. And I'm very proud of that today. So I thank dad for that. Oh, and mom too. Although this is not an ode to moms because she played her little Venezuelan music all the time. Joropo Venezolano, all the way, baby. And the gaitas because we we got to do those too. My father had the most awesome sense of humor. He had a dry sense of humor. My father did things that I now see very related to how I did. Like my mom is very gregarious. And my dad had the driest, most wicked sense of humor. He would do stuff to scare you in the flattest face. And then he would be like, I was just joking. Oh my God. Or he would just, just he did some He did a lot of pranks, a lot of pranks. One of, actually, now that I'm remembering, one of his favorite things to do over the years, if you were eating in a table with him, you had to keep your eye on your food. (laughs) I'm just remembering, this is not even in my notes. My father would steal something from your plate. He would hide it. And you're like, wait a second, I had a piece of chicken here. Where did it go? My father would be flat out, I don't know. And all of a sudden, if you looked away, the chicken would come back and it was very funny or he had this thing and it was just him. My mom did not do this, that if you looked away or if you weren't paying attention, he would put things on top of other things. Like um, he would put a plate on top of a dish or something on top of a whatever. And like, why do you do that? I don't know. Like he was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And it was funny to him to see our reaction. So for him, I say thank you for your sense of humor. And my father has a horrible way of making his point across. Now, for all of you adults, not the kids and not the teenagers or not the adults who don't do adulting yet, but for all of the rest of us adults, Sometimes we have to make hard decisions, right? We are not able to get our children the, the things that they want because we have to, you know, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, pay the this, pay the insurance, right? I remember. This was in Venezuela. I remember where I was. I really do. We were by a particular cathedral in Caracas. And I said, Papaito, I used to call him Papaito, Papaito, um, why can't we go on vacations, And my father, I remember he was holding my hand and he looked down at me. I don't think I was maybe six or seven, something like that. Five, six or seven. Because I, yeah. And he looked at me and he thought about it. And he's like, Ivancita, look at the sky. And I look at the sky. He goes, what do you see? I say, oh, I see the sky and I see clouds. He goes, good, very good what are the clouds doing? Um, well, they're floating and they're moving. Ah, are they moving fast or are they moving slow? I don't know. They're moving. I see them moving. You know, little kids. He goes... See, we don't need to go on vacation because we already are on a vacation. We already are going from one place to the other. Let me tell you, if I knew what facepalm was, I would have been damn like that. I can just imagine what my face looked like. Like that was just not funny. But he looked at me deadpan. See, we are already on vacation. So he had like that sense of humor. He tried to teach you a lesson, but it you had to get him. And now I remember, like, shit, I ain't gonna ask you for no vacation no more. So <laughs> I never asked for a vacation until I was like in my teenage years over here. But I remember that story. And if he's listening, he's like, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> my dad taught us to be a good citizen. I kind of alluded to that earlier, but to be polite, to be helpful. If a neighbor was going up the stairs with a bag, you help her. That is your job. You are to open doors. If there is an, a woman with a child, a pregnant lady or an elderly, you get up from the bus seat or the train. You help that person. An older person needs to cross the street. You do that. You are kind. You are respectful. Yes, thank you. No, thank you. And I when I was a teenager, as you can imagine, I didn't do any of those things. Um, but that's not true. I did help, you know, with the groceries because I, and that was already ingrained. But I'm talking about being kind and polite. No, I was kind, just not polite. I was very, very rude. But my father said, you need to do this. Not just to be a good Christian, but to be a good citizen. We are guests in this country. They have opened their doors to us. That is the least That we can do. He would tell us. And I'm like, well, my friends don't have to worry about that because, you know, American teenagers are just disgusting. (laughs) I was one of those two. And he was like, nope, we must be a good, 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 good citizen. An ode to my father, thank you for being a reader for life. He was a bookworm. He learned how to read and write much, much later than our children get to read and write. And he knew, he knew the value. Of books. Our kids here do not appreciate the fact that they have to learn how to read and write. There are places in the world right now that people, including older men and women, would kill for somebody to teach them to read and write. It it really does open up your world. And I was told for many years that reading books is a waste of time. To those of you who believe that, I'm telling you that's a lie. Because it does make you think. It does help you. Your egons may guide you to a particular book in order to make you see a point. Because sometimes you're explained something 121 times, 500, and 501 works because it was written in a way that you can understand it. I also want to thank my dad for the gift of. Proper speech and language. All of you still remember the whole consome story. (laughs) I swear, consome. But my dad was very much into proper use of language. When I learned how to speak to what I call Dominican or Puerto Rican lingo, my father would cringe. He's like, Andrés Bejo must be rolling in his grave. Andrés Bejo was one of Simon Bolivar's teachers while he was alive. He taught him language and 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 philosophy and all kinds of things, but especially language. Language was key. And he was like, Andres Bejo is rolling in his grave because of you. You need to speak properly. You need to to speak. As proper as you can. And I'm like, well, my friends don't have to do it. They talk para allá. No, no, no. Para allá. Hacia allá. You have to speak with the accent where it's supposed to be. Basically, he's like, you know, fudge those people who don't do whatever. You do it the right way because you know what the right way is. Oh, let me tell you. Growing up in my household, you had to speak properly. Like, mami, yo quiero ir para allá. Nope. Mami, yo quiero ir hacia allá. And the accent had to be said in the proper way. Oh, yeah, let me tell you. My dad, those of you who knew him, yeah. Okay. I want to thank dad for being the protector of the family, even when he was scared. This place, it was a new land, new rules, new everything. And my father tried his best to protect his family, his two daughters, and my mom. I don't think that he went about it the right way, but understanding the what he tried to do helps me to understand why he did many of the things that he did. And for those of you, like I said, who are children of immigrants, whether you are yourself was, were an immigrant or your parents or your great-grandparents, I want you to listen to their stories and their struggles, Even I think the ones that also can speak a lot about that are the Mexican Americans, because think about it, they lived here and the land was taken away. Now they're nothing and they now have to navigate. It must've been very, very difficult for them. We're talking about Peruvian Americans. We're talking about Dominicans who come here. We're talking about Argentinians, um, any other country. If we look at history, You know Chinese Americans and Irishmen. By the way, have any of y'all seen the the show Warrior? Oh my God, I am so hooked. Anyway, it's a historical show, and they talk about the struggles of Irish American and. Chinese Americans in this country and how they were treated, their new rules, the rules that happened in their country are null and void here. There's the language barrier. There is the abuse of power of certain people to another people. And for us, it wasn't just, you know, white abuse of power. It was Latino abuse of power as well. And he had to navigate that. I remember he would sit with my mom. How are we going to get past this in a way that is safe? but we still got to go to church. But they were like assholes in church and this happened and that happened. And they would sit there to try to do things in the best way until the every, like the goal was los papeles, to get a residency and they were working very hard for this. They were saving, they were working. It was very difficult, but saving and working when you're not getting paid as much, when you don't know the language too well and you have to be weary of everybody is really hard. So I encourage all of you who have any descent of, Coming from a different country, talk to the elders, talk to the family members. You will have a very different understanding, which I hope you also pass this information along to your children and your children's children, as this is part of your history. I also wanted to say that my dad, thank you, he was hardworking. man. he was always giving more than 100% and then some. And I remember my father would take me as his assistant which was basically slave labor to me to help him hold the, the, the to hold the, 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 ceiling boards to help him, you know, pass the, the hammer to stand in the ladder, to hold this and to hold that, to help him, you know, with the paint stuff, whatever it was. Oh no, he didn't let me paint. Don't ever let me paint your house. It could be very bad for you. Don't do it. But I helped him and I'm like, dad, why do you need to repasarlo? Like, you know, to go over it again. It looked perfect to me. He goes, no, honey, because when you look at it through the light, you're going to see all these streaks. And I didn't see it right away, but sometimes when the sun hits it a certain way and I'm like, nobody's going to care. He goes, no, I need to do a great job. And I'm like, my dad is an idiot. That's what I said. And now looking back, thank you, dad, for being hardworking. That was the example that you left me. Last he was a great storyteller. Oh my God. He was a great storyteller. My father would tell stories and he did it in such a way that he would act it out, right? My father act out his stories. And so I remember certain things because of the act that went along with it. So let's say that the story was about a person waving their hands above. He was like, yeah, and the person did like this and they're waving their hands and look at the hands just like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, my dad was really there. Mine just stories like from somebody from a thousand years ago, but he was a good storyteller and I used to enjoy his stories. I wish that he would have found more happiness in this country because it was very, very, it was a very, um, Tense time. And my father lost that over the years, but he did have it. So I'm very grateful. I am sorry for not learning more about his life while he was alive. I would have understood you better, dad. And that's why I'm encouraging all of you to take the time to honor your fathers, the ones who really tried Even if you don't know your dad, and and especially if they've passed, a light to their spirit, to that essence. And I want you all to also help me in giving an ode to fathers, to the fathers who have done their best, to the fathers who have not been perfect, to the fathers who are funny, to the fathers who make something out of nothing, to the fathers who really worked hard to make sure that you are still standing today to the fathers who showed up to graduations, to the fathers who did not show up to graduations because they were busy working to make sure to pay your rent. This was my situation. I was so angry with him. And this is why I'm telling you all, talk to your dads, talk to family, talk to ones, because fathers are Such an important piece of the fabric of this that makes you who you are. Thank you, Dad, for giving me life and for bringing us here. I know I cursed you like forever. Why did you bring us here? And now I'm grateful. I'm able to do this podcast in in English. I didn't know a lick of English when I got here. Other than my name is, my house is, my mother is, my father is. Stuff like that. That's all I knew. Dad, you gave up a lot so that my sister and I would have better opportunities. Dad, you were a gem. You were very difficult. You were hiding a lot of things, but you wanted to do the best. And I think this is what happens with a lot of men. And I just wanted to say, this is an ode, not just to my father, but to all the dads out there who are trying to do their very, very best. And sometimes men are complicated when it comes to emotions. Sometimes men cannot communicate something. They get very uncomfortable when you start talking about feelings. Okay. But this is an ode to them. We need to honor not only mother, but we need to honor father. And this episode, although late still in the month of June, um, July, which is um, still later than Father's Day. And that's why I said I struggled. I struggled because Father's Day in America is in June. But you have to have a balance and you can't have an ode to mother without an ode to father. I want to hear from your comments, your messages. What did you take out of this episode? Did it make you think? Did you hate me for it? Because, you know, your father is such a jerk. Did you want to, like, not subscribe again? Did you talk to him? If he's not alive or if you don't have a way of community, did you talk to other family members who may have known him? Did you pray about it? Did you go to your egglings? Has he ever come up in a misa if he has passed on? Have you really, really sat down without a single judgment? Dads are very complicated. They can be. Some are not. Some are like, I'm just here for my kids. Screw up the world. I'm going to do for my kids. Some are very, you know, holding on to older generational expectations. Some are changing. It's such a mix. But this is an ode to father. We thank all the male spirits, who are around us. This is an ode to all of the godfathers in our traditions who have been there for us. Some of us don't have fathers, but we have godfathers. And some of us need to remember that they are taking care of us in a way, as a father should. This is an ode to friends who have taken an interest in your children, who will include yours in their family things. This is an ode to our male relatives who have also taken an interest in our children or even in us. There's an ode to Father. We are grateful and we are all I hope that we are all going to give an ode to father more often instead of just in June of every year. And this way, may we all receive the blessings, not only from the male entities, as well as the female entities. May we do this so that we may also have balance in our lives. I don't even know how long this episode was. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I totally deviated from notes. You see, this is what happens. So we have reached the end of this episode. I am so sorry that I have not been as consistent. I wanted to thank you for listening to this from the beginning until the very, very, very end. I want to thank you all for still having faith in Orisha wisdom and what we are about. I am especially grateful to the community for still being there for me in the middle of chaos. I want to thank my circle of friends. I love you to the moon and back. And still, like I said, this episode is dedicated to Luther. You know who you are. And now you know what it was that I was hiding that I said, ah, you made me do something and you're going to find out what it is. Well, here it is. I also want to thank my Patreons. You guys, I, I don't even know how to thank you. Many of you have stayed and I haven't had a single episode since Mother's Day. I'm so grateful to you. I am going to make it up to all of you. And we are going to have some live events with your virtual ile, just because this is a thank you to all for being there for me. So if you all want to be part of that, I um, hope that you will go to patreon.com forward slash Yvonne, I think that's what it is, and... Um, I think it's Yvonne or Yvonne Reborn. I don't even know anymore. But it'll be somewhere on the episode. And for those on your virtual E-Lay, we're about to do some things together because you have been there to support me. And I am so super grateful to every single listener in the Orisha Wisdom community or those who have not yet come, please go to orishawisdom.com forward slash Yvonne in order for you to go to our Facebook group and to be part of what's going on. I'm going to be revamping all of the internet stuff. We are going to be relaunching of 101 again. I understand that now these works are a lot more imperative as people are Hopefully opening their eyes, but there's still a lot of crap out there. There's still a lot of not legitimate priests doing messed up things. And Stanley, this is for you. You're the one who gave me the word lukusheshe. It wasn't the other person. I'm sorry. I got y'all confused. So Stanley, thank you for the word lukusheshe. So many people are doing that. They're mixing isheshe with Lukumi. I've seen his stuff mixed in Palo too. And not that should not be. I am hoping that the community as a whole, Alejos, Aborishas and priests really hope to do the best thing ever. If you are a man, please live up to do your best to live up to be able to get an ode to father. So I wanted to thank you all. I really do. My heart is absolutely gushing right now as this episode is finally done. And I don't think it could have come out any better. I had notes, but a lot of it came from the heart to all of you. So you know what? May all of your elevated Eguns, all of Arisha, the universe, may they bless you immensely. Well, Thank you for listening to the Orisha Wisdom Podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes at orishawisdom.com forward slash podcast. Can't get enough of Orisha Wisdom? Check us out at orishawisdom.com and subscribe to our community. Remember, the wisdom of Egun, Orisha, and Ifa is all around us. Be blessed and until next time.